0: Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order.
1: Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out Four-Eyed Radio... Com. It's Morphin Time! Ay 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 It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, Episode 151, Rangers Review, Beast Morphers Back Half, recorded on January 8th, 2020. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. Some ranger up with your host. I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B 47 seven.
2: I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan.
0: And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood.
1: This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com/rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our five dollars and above patrons: Juan S, Steve F, Doug F, Tyler W, Tyler B, Eric D, Jacob P, Steve M, Liz M, Craig M. Arnold o, derek g and Teresa b for supporting us this month and happy new year it's a happy new, new
0: year,
1: year. yes, yes. i am
0: we're, we're all like yes <laughs> <laughs> we're like yeah it's a new year what fresh hell awaits us this year
2: <laughs> <laughs> new year new us i don't know
0: I don't oh. think it's going to be a new us. I think it's going to be the same old us.
2: Well, apparently, I no longer count as a female in the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Man, that's getting cut. <laughs> or is it?
1: Maybe not. Uh, so <laughs> who knows? But it's a new year. This is our first recording, our first episode of 2020. Our sixth anniversary is coming up in a few weeks, and we're just really excited to kick off the next year of Ranger Command. There's going to be plenty more Beast Morphers, and we've got a ton of news about maybe the future of Power Rangers. Very exciting stuff has happened between uh, Christmas break and our new year's break and we just got a lot of news to get through i'm finally caught up on all of beast morphers and we'll get into that we'll review the back half we'll talk about our thoughts maybe some of our favorite moments of the episode and it's going to be a lot of fun and we also have at the end of this episode a question to us from ranger nation so lots going on today in the show And let's just dive right into it. First piece of news, there's a Power Rangers movie reboot in the works. And we kind of knew this was going to happen from Hasbro at some point, but this is kind of semi-official information, confirmation. This is from the Hollywood Reporter, and we'll have... All of these links to our news items in our show notes on our website. But Jonathan Entwistle, he's best known for creating the Netflix series End of the Effing World, is taking on a new version of Power Rangers at Paramount Pictures. So Hasbro partners with Paramount for a lot of their movies, including the Transformers franchise. And so it's no surprise that the movie has moved on from Lionsgate to Paramount. The story, they say, involves a time travel element that brings the kids to the 90s and in back to future fashion, they have to find a way to get back to their present. Patrick Burley, who wrote the upcoming Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, is penning the script. And Hasbro, which bought the property from Hayim Saban in 2018, is producing the feature via its film arm, AllSpark Pictures. What do we think about this?
0: Like you said, we kind of knew this was coming. Um, yeah. The likelihood of them getting the 2017 movie cast together Again, for a sequel was pretty slim, although we a lot held of us out were hope. holding out hope.
1: Till the end.
0: <laughs> yeah. Till
1: this piece of news.
2: It might be hard for some of us to come to grips with, but also the 2017 movie didn't do that well. Right. Like, it really didn't. Like, it might have been a surprise hit in the fandom, but other than that, it didn't do well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it did well on home video, but I don't think that was enough to make up for it.
1: No, I think the amount that they spent on marketing plus the budget, it just wasn't close.
2: It didn't make up for it. And I mean, I have thoughts on this. Let's hear them. I kind of went over it on Twitter, but basically, I'm excited for it. It sounds like it might be interesting. I'm all for anything that keeps, like, the franchise alive. It's better than it completely ending, you know? But also, this whole, like... Despite how interesting this time travel element seems, it also gives me the same feeling that I had when I heard they weren't making another 2016 Ghostbusters, Mm -hmm. like a sequel to that, because that didn't do so well either, but also it was a good movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it really was a good movie, and bringing back the whole nostalgia factor with the 90s and... Yeah. Like, sorry, Zach, but, like, old Ghostbusters, it kind of feels like they are catering to a subsect of the fandom that doesn't want things to evolve.
0: Now we're going to get it on a tangent, but as a Ghostbusters fan, I liked, I liked the 2016 version. I think Paul Feig did a fantastic job. Uh, all the ladies were fantastic in the movie. I enjoyed the 2016 Ghostbusters, and that is, speaking as someone who has been a fan of Ghostbusters, Since almost birth So this new one that they're coming out with I'm still kind of like waiting and seeing Like I think it's not going to cater to the old fans As much as the old fans think it's going to Because we do have those new young characters Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what happens with that However, getting back on topic with Power Rangers I agree with AP This concept sounds interesting I like the idea of a nostalgic trip to the past I love that yeah, we can, we like, can totally have yeah. some fun with that. I'm a little hesitant about the writing credits of uh, Mr. <sighs> Patrick Burley, who is writing... I, I didn't even know there was a, a first Peter Rabbit movie, <laughs> let alone a sequel. Um, so that has me a little hesitant to say, like, you know, if, if Hasbro wants a movie to succeed, wouldn't they try to get maybe a writer with a little bit more credit to their name? or Oh, it's, possibly... pa- it's
2: Patrick Burley. I think we all said Peter Burley, because we're thinking Peter Rabbit.
0: No, I said Patrick Burley. You
2: did? I yeah. said Patrick oh. Burley.
0: Okay. I'm <laughs> just thinking, mentally I am replacing...
2: Yeah, I am mentally <laughs> replacing Patrick with Peter. So
0: <laughs> I, I want to see how this plays out, but I'm just... I'm kind of... Mm, I'm iffy on that, that writer. I'm looking at his IMDb now. Mm-hmm. He
1: There's does have...
2: <laughs> what's up? There's nothing on it.
1: Well, the one thing that's curious to me... As he's part of miscellaneous crew for Ant-Man and the Wasp as an uncredited story consultant.
0: Interesting. Now, Ant-Man and the Wasp was pretty fun, so if, he, if he's in any way responsible for bringing that kind of fun to the film...
1: He's also writer and director for the TV movie It Was a Pug Day, so...
0: Oh... <sighs> I don't know. You, you raised my hopes and dashed them expertly. Well done, sir.
2: I mean, uncredited story consultant, no offense to him, could mean literally anything. It right,
0: really, It right. really could. I mean, it he, concerns could, have, he me. could have been on set one day and said, uh, hey, you know, that doesn't line up with what was in the comics, right? Here's what it was in the comics. And they went, oh, okay, good job. You get a credit.
2: Uncredited story
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: My whole thing with this time travel thing, when I first heard it, I'm like, good lord, could we get any more basic with this plot?
2: That's exactly what my first thought was too, besides the whole Ghostbusters feeling.
1: Right, but the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, but it says brings the kids. We don't know what kids. Are the kids already Power Rangers or are these just some kids that are traveling to the 90s to meet the original Power Rangers. Mm. It could go a few different ways. Are these kids already Power Rangers for a different team and they're going back to meet the originals? Are the originals involved there in any way? See, I don't know how...
2: Like, like, what does this, it all mean?
1: Yeah, what does it all mean?
2: Like, it's the, the possibilities are endless and that thrills me.
1: I'm really afraid, though, that it's going to be a look how crazy and wacky the 90s were.
2: I know. That's what I'm concerned about.
1: I don't want it to be some weird slapstick, like, Mm, yeah. Like, huh, of the 90s, you know?
2: Like, look at all these troops we can fit in. Yeah. There's no other substance.
1: And as much as I love Back to the Future, again it's like
0: whoa 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 let's listen let's not say an unkind word about back to the future No,
1: no no i'm not but back to the future it was like hey whoa look how racist and stuff the 50s were and it's like 50s 50s and
0: to be fair the 50s were pretty racist
1: yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I don't want them to get like super nineties with this. You don't want
0: to be super you... like up its own butt about yeah. the nineties. <laughs> like I want to be the,
1: like... like, whoa, slap bracelets and f- like all the true cell phones like, look, that at, like, are look, huge.
0: Yeah,
2: look at all these geometric patterns and you know, like. <laughs>
0: Listen. If there's one thing from the nineties that carries over, let's make it some ecto cooler. All right. Uh... Hey, ecto cooler uh... is great. And they brought it back for the 2016 movie. So I got to give more credit to them.
1: (laughs) A lot of Ghostbusters here. So I don't think we need to dedicate a whole hour to this. It's really the first bit of news. And I think we can all remember the first casting sides that came out for the 2017 movie and how radically different that was oh my
0: god those casting sides were atrocious
2: and also just the writing yeah and everything anything could change yeah, later yeah. On. like we could get a whole new writer whole new director that's nothing to really judge it on either yeah
0: that's true exactly
1: i mean i think we had who was attached at one point as the director for the 2017 power rangers it was something crazy it was like
0: wasn't it, uh max landis or was he, he just was a, a writer? A writer. Don't writer. Don't a okay. Writer. But
1: it was like at one point, like someone from J.J. J. Abrams' team was involved. It was like really like weird.
0: Oh, right. It point. was um, Roberto Orsi, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And we were all like, oh, holy shit. Which that probably would have been an amazing movie. Because To right. be honest, I mean, the Star Trek movies he's done have been fantastic.
1: This could change like mm-hmm. a month from now. So, I think it's interesting where they're taking the concept. I'm just really curious to see how they handle this time travel element. If that's Mm -hmm. even a plot device in the new movie. So, we'll see. Yeah,
2: I'm just curious about anything. Legitimately new stuff in the franchise. I'm open to it.
1: Absolutely. And speaking of new stuff for the franchise, Mm -hmm. there's a possibility that Rue Soldier might be adapted as the next Uh, Power Rangers Uh, I'm
0: I'm going to give a heavy sigh on this.
2: Eh, I'm, like, okay with the suits, sort of. Mm -hmm. I've never seen the Sentai. I don't know anything. I like the helmets. Is that okay? Am I I, I allowed to say that?
0: The suit design... (laughs) Listen, the suit design is pretty neat. I like it. The the combination of dinosaurs and knights works, and they they do well with the suit design. Uh, I just... Man, I I tried. I I gave Ryu Soldier the standard five-episode go, and it just didn't hook me, and I couldn't just get attached to any of it. So, I understand they're doing this from a business perspective. Dinosaurs sell, like, hotcakes to little kids. And that's, at the end of the day, what Power Rangers is. Power Rangers is yes. a toy-based medium uh, for kids. And so, while I am personally disappointed that they didn't go with something else, you know, the Pipe Dream... <laughs> I'd love to see a Tokuger. It's never going to happen ever in a million years. We're never getting
1: an Orange Ranger. No, we're never getting an Orange
0: Ranger that's official. I mean, we got Boom, but Boom was a fantasy Orange Ranger. Let's be honest. I I'm disappointed from a creative standpoint, but I understand from the business standpoint.
1: This news was broken by the Illuminati, specifically Joe Deckelmeyer formerly of that hashtag show. And so in the article, it was like, Hey, here's all the things that we've got. Right. And there's a source that is close to them, close to Hasbro that sort of confirmed this news, but you know, we'll see if it really plays out that way. Mm -hmm. Um, There was one thing in the article that gave me kind of like pause. And that was the whole like why Hasbro didn't go with Q ranger. Not only because the large roster of rangers, which I would believe that part of it, if that was the only thing. Mm -hmm. There's 12 freaking rangers in this. and, And to cast all of them, even if half of them are just voice actors like they are in the Sentai that's still a lot of people. And you
2: still have to have
1: a side character or something.
2: Yeah, and like suit actors and stuff. Right. Like you still need somebody there on set that you have to pay to be the ranger. And
1: mm-hmm. So I can see, hey, we're going from a team of five rangers to freaking 12. I mean, you're, you're doubling your cast, essentially. And I can see why, you know, if Hasbro, especially if Beast Morphers isn't selling that great, You know, all of a sudden, now they have to jump up the budget. They have to, you know, make these toys. So I can see why Q-Ranger might be a challenge. Personally, I would love to see that series get adapted. I love the concepts. I love the designs. I pretty much collected all those Japanese Kutama that came out for the Sentai. I, I think it's just a lot of fun. I think space is always a good bet for Power Rangers, but I can understand Hasbro's side with it. It's dinosaurs. And this is another thing that the article pointed out. Of course, Jurassic Park was in 1993 when Mighty Morphin Power Rangers premiered. Dino Charge premiered when Jurassic World appeared. And... Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom comes out in 2021 and if this is the next series for 2021, they're timing it with another big dinosaur franchise coming out. Mm -hmm. That is spooky coincidental. But it also could be a strategy move on their part as well. Mm -hmm. True. They're taking part of that wave of the dinosaur craze that will go on whenever a Jurassic Park movie comes out. But one thing that was in the article where I was like, Man, Hasbro, that is a weak excuse. In the Sentai, the Yellow Ranger is based off a swordfish. His helmet comes to like a really sharp point that sticks out of his helmet like six inches. According to the article, Hasbro wasn't interested in Q-Ranger not only because of the large roster, but because of the Yellow Ranger's helmet being a serious safety hazard that they felt would be too hard to get around. And like someone else pointed out, like they had the yellow uh, Q Ranger Kajiki yellow vinyl figure and the vinyl figure, they rounded off the point.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) But
1: then it's like Hasbro's Beast Morpher toys. They have a robot action figure called Drilltron with like eight spiky points all over his body. (laughs) So...
2: (laughs) I don't think that's a valid excuse. And like you make play swords and stuff.
1: Right. (laughs) So thoughts about another dinosaur theme? Well, at this point, that'll mean every era of Power Rangers, Saban Entertainment, Disney, the Neo-Saban era, and Hasbro will all have had a dino season.
2: I think that's neat. See how they do the dino thing.
1: There's that dino war that's coming up in Beast Morphers. So it feels like with that, would kind of gear up the kids to get ready for another dinosaur season mm-hmm. and you know i saw a lot of people go like oh well it's so close because we just had dino charge and yeah that's true but then again that was like four years ago and i get it like four years five by the time that this one comes out but then they're everyone's like but that was only really two seasons ago and it's like yeah, I get that, but it's not for us. <laughs> <laughs> like, kids grow out of it, but I just think if dinosaurs are there again, it might be a cool way to bring back the audience that really pays for this whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that you could do creatively for this. You don't have yep. to follow the Sentai. I think mm-hmm. Dino Charge, that first season, I think that was the best of the Neo Saban era. Oh, yeah,
2: definitely. Definitely.
1: I mean, I agree. Any other thoughts about Rue Soldier potentially being adapted?
0: Like, I mean, I kind of made my piece earlier with like, yeah, I may be disappointed, but it will hopefully do well for Hasbro.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm just glad we're getting anything.
1: Yeah. I'm glad we're getting another season. Like, yeah. keep it coming. <laughs> like
2: we, could, we could just as easily get nothing. They could be like, mm, nope. Yeah. going to work, put all of our eggs in the movie basket.
1: Which they still could do.
2: They still could do.
1: This could just be a year of Power Rangers because their contract with Nickelodeon is through 2021.
2: It could not happen.
1: Yeah, who knows? This whole this whole thing may not be a thing that's happening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like however the franchise continues, mm-hmm. I will always be grateful for. Yeah. Like I don't have to like it, but I can appreciate it because that means that it's still going and it will bring a new generation like the same joy and like entertainment that it always brought me. I will always be thankful for that, no matter what. So
1: Yeah. Because I remember after RPM ended, I remember being on Ranger Board and it was just like, well, uh Disney's ending Power Rangers were just getting slapsticky pop up video version of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I think as a fandom, we were all like crap, it's ending. Mm-hmm. This is it. Even Chaim Saban coming back, we're like, oh my god, it's oh it's back. We get it. Like the the past ten years haven't been the creative best for Power Rangers, but we got another ten years out of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. when we could have just something is better than nothing. I'd rather have something that I don't quite like rather than nothing.
1: It's still something to talk about. It's still keeping the show relevant.
2: And sometimes watching bad things is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes <laughs> watching bad TV is just fun.
1: <laughs> Me trying to get through Ninja Steel wasn't that great. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a little bit of a hard oh, time.
2: Oh, I never really watched it, <laughs> yeah. so I, I feel you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think that's the fun thing about what we do. It's like, look, we've got 26 years of Power Rangers that we can still talk about, even if the show is crappy We can still talk about things going on in the fandom and the people that, you know, we share Ranger Nation with. And that's the fun part for me. Sure, if there's like no show for two years, you know, we may start tapping the well a bit. Uh, But look, as long as the show's going, as long as there's a possibility of movies and stuff going on, it's fun to talk about. But... Along with the change of a new season, we got word from Mir over at the Power Scoop has this article about Simon Bennett becoming a new executive producer of Power Rangers. Now, Simon Bennett has been a director for a number of episodes for Ninja Steel as well as Beast Morphers. Some of those. Episodes include Like My Friend Redbot, The Royal Rival, The Royal Rumble, Dimensions in Danger, and Beast Unleashed, Target Tower, and the Beast Morpher Season 1 finale, Evox Upgraded, which we'll talk about in, in a bit. Not only has he been a director for Power Rangers for a handful of episodes, he also directed Shortland Street in New Zealand and Outrageous Fortune. Those are pretty big shows in New Zealand. He's a new executive producer. This was found out through an article from stuff.co.nz and his Twitter, Instagram bios reflect the change of his new role. And then his IMDb bio says as of 2019 has taken over the reins of executive producer of Hasbro's famed Power Rangers TV series. A lot of people are like, oh my God, it was Chip Lynn out the door, or whatever. Look, we don't have any information on Chip Lynn. Who knows? He could have been promoted because there is that vacancy that Brian Cancentini, who was like globally overseeing Power Rangers, he was out earlier this last year, so, okay, did Chiplin get let go? Was he promoted? What's happening?
2: It's like I said on Twitter, there can be more than one executive producer on a TV show. Yes. They're usually like 99% of the time is.
1: Right. He could be a co executive producer with Chip Lim.
2: Not even that. Like they usually there's the show running executive producer, usually they're credited as an executive producer. Generally there's also like a directing executive producer. Someone who's like the ultimate director for the show. And then sometimes there's co-executive producers for writing. Sometimes like a creative arts person who's been on the show for a while might get up to executive producer. Mm -hmm. It all depends on the show. So the title change alone means nothing. Absolutely nothing. Even like the IMDb. You said like it says he's taken over the reins as his executive producer. Literally anybody can update an IMDb page.
1: I'm just stating what's out there. So. Oh no,
2: no, I'm not I'm yeah. not accusing you. I'm just saying that doesn't mean like a fan of some kind who completely misunderstood the situation could have wrote that. Sure. The title change alone means nothing right. until we are told that someone else is gone. There is usually more than one executive producer. They can all coexist. They ninety-nine percent of the time in television they do.
1: Yeah. So I mean Star Trek Discovery, you've got like five executive producers on the last season. So it's yeah.
2: just like kind of weird how it seems like the Power Rangers fandom is like, oh, you can only have one. That must mean everyone else is gone.
1: There can be only one.
2: It's like Islander. he might be gone, but that doesn't mean that he is, you know. Right. And I don't think
1: Chiplin would just walk away from power rangers like that he seems pretty invested in the franchise
2: and he's doing a good job
1: yeah he's been with it for so
0: long too so yeah he's got a storied history with the franchise
2: and like beast morphers is doing pretty well like the reaction to that is fantastic as far as i can tell so he's still showrunner for that so i don't know why they would just (laughs) i think people are overreacting and like misunderstanding Mm -hmm. exactly what this means but also it doesn't mean that he's not gone. Like he can still be gone, but it's not because of this.
1: Right. But he did say on Twitter after this news broke, uh, he said, I'm not going to be talking about power Rangers on social media other than to say, it's great to be involved with a show that has such a huge loyal following. I hope everyone keeps enjoying the show. So there you go. Yeah. And then power Rangers wave four is up for pre-order right now. And they also announced Mighty Morphin Yellow, Trini, which Mm -hmm. the fandom kind of knew about since October. Yeah. (laughs) But Hasbro refused to acknowledge its existence until uh this past week so you can check out all of the new pictures on our website all the new press images that we got from Hasbro of the entire wave in addition to the Mighty Morphin Yellow Ranger you've got the Zeo Blue Ranger you've got SPD Red Ranger and you've got Beast Morphers Cybervillain Blaze and i think Trini the sculpt on this head is immaculate
0: really is so good I just kind of want to speak to an earlier point of man, the fandom just cannot wait for surprises. Can we? No, we really can't. (laughs) We're like, we have an inkling about anything. We better spread it to the world. It's like, maybe just be surprised.
1: Oh no. I mean, it's, it's this constant news cycle. We have to be first with the information. I mean, we get caught up in it too. It's
0: we do. And I mean, I, I am fully aware of that. I just, I just think sometimes it'd be nice to be surprised.
1: Yeah, it would be. But they did manage to keep the face sculpt under wraps until this week. Yeah. And I really like it. I think this is a great tribute to Twee, the actress. I think this is incredible. I actually have two on pre-order. And as of this week, as of yesterday, it was the number one action figure on Amazon. And it is completely sold out on Amazon.
0: That is amazing. That is wonderful mm. news.
1: It's also sold out on Hasbro Pulse, but you can still pre-order it from Entertainment Earth and Big Bad Toy Store. I still don't think for Zeo Blue that that does not look like Rocky. It's like <laughs> vaguely Rocky-esque, but I, that nose is throwing me off.
2: Yeah, it's kind of weird because like from some angles, it looks a lot like him. Yeah. And then, like, you turn a millimeter to the other side, <laughs> and it's like, what is happening? <laughs> it's like, that is not him.
0: <laughs> Looks like Rocky stung by a bunch of bees. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we also got our first look at the head sculpt for SPD Red Ranger Jack Landers. I'm glad it's not the cosplayer. <laughs> I do really hate the sculpt on the helmet, because that V, there needs to be a gap between yeah. the visor and the V. And it's yeah. something that's going to annoy the s*** out
0: of me. It it really does Break kind of draw pen. your eye.
2: It's breaking out the paint pen.
1: <laughs> but cyber villain Blaze, holy crap. I think between this and the Yellow Ranger, these are the best two in this line.
2: It's beautiful.
1: That really looks like Colby.
2: Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, it really does.
1: I love it because on the suit, you can see all the like crinkle wrinkle fabrics Mm -hmm. that they sculpted into it. I just, I really love the texturing of the lightning collection. And even though I own the six inch, like regular figure of this, I'm still going to pick this up because now we've got full range of motion and you got that virus case that it comes with. Yeah. And that looks really good. So overall, I'm really excited about this wave of the Lightning Collection. And it's not its not fall of 2020. It's like March in a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the press release says fall of 2020, nope, because Hasbro Pulse says March. Amazon says mid-March. It's March.
2: Power Rangers Twitter's yelling at everyone, it's March. Yeah. It's March.
1: Yeah, that was... That was a bit ridiculous. Um, (laughs) Their social media is just crazy right now. I'll tell
0: you what, it's improved over what we used to have for Power Rangers social media.
1: Moving on to other product uh, stuff. Um, Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. uh, Renegade Games is doing a live playthrough of the game every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific in January. And that will be on their Twitch channel. Over New Year's, I tried playing this with James and Nicole from Mostly Speaking Sentai. And the setup alone was like an hour of us like reading the directions. We were even watching the YouTube of how to play this game. And parts of it are confusing. It's like you almost just have to dive in and play it. Uh, but even then, it's like we were unsure how things play out. <laughs> it's it's a complicated game. If you're if you're not used to this kind of game, it's definitely I, I think when you're first starting out and you don't know the rhythm of it, it's a steep learning curve. So I would say watch the live playthroughs. Watch to see what happens, what they're doing, the rhythm of the game and I think if you watch a couple of those, it'll all click. I mean, we did, like, one round, and we were like, it's impossible with three people. We were, like, every time you start a new battle phase, you're adding, like, more enemies to the board. And with three Rangers, it was rough. That also kind of tracks, because the game is based on the show, and in order to be an effective team you need the full team of like five or six Rangers. And I think that's what kind of makes the game like challenging. And also it's cool because once you realize you're playing the beats of the show, it starts to really click. So towards the end of when we were playing it, it was like, okay, I think I'm finally getting the hang of it. But it was like a two and a half hour road to get to that point. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, at least I got some cool miniatures to paint, so there's that. There you go. A couple more things. Boom Studios has gone to second printing for not only Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle issue one, which came out last month, but issue two, which just came out this week. They have sold out at the distributor level. And so on February 5th, that's the same date that issue three releases they will have reprint covers for issue one there's gonna be like three second printing covers there's like a nighttime version of the original cover and then two shredder comic covers of like him holding the different helmets and then the second uh, printing for issue two is 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 another shredder variant so really cool stuff february 5th is going to be crazy if you're collecting the comics that's a lot of uh a lot of turtles and i picked up issue two today and i got a crap ton of to cover so <laughs> it's fun i like the story the the ending of issue two in our ryan parrot interview he said the end of issue two was his original pitch uh for this story and when I saw the ending, I was like, "Hell yeah! This is we're in for a fun uh, mini series." I'm already enjoying it way more than like the Justice League team up that they did a few years ago. So I- I'm all for it. Like Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, it's awesome.
0: I'm definitely going to have to pick up a copy of two when it reprints. Then as I read uh, issue one and I enjoyed it, just, you know, you get busy with the holidays. You forget when oh, stuff yeah. comes out. So I, I missed issue two, but uh, when issue three comes out and they do a reprint, I'll get two and three and, and give those mm-hmm. a read. Cause I enjoyed what I read of issue one. So. Oh yeah.
1: It's a lot of fun and it continues in issue two for sure. And then our friends over at Enway Games, they've been acquired by Animoca Brands. Animoca Brands will acquire Enway for $7.69 million. Enway's revenue in the first eight months of 2019 was $6.98 million with earnings before interest, tax depreciation, and amortization Uh, Essentially, that's a way to evaluate a company's performance without having to factor in financial decisions. Interesting in this press release, which we'll link to, the Power Rangers license expires on September 20th of this year, but it has an automatic renewal for one year based on revenue benchmarks, which after the renewal term can be further extended up to another three one-year periods on a rolling basis basis for all parties involved hmm. so as long as the game keeps doing good they'll keep making it and you know all of our interviews with Nway, that's pretty much what they said like they'll keep coming out with stuff you know as long as people are are playing it and are supporting the game one final note all of their current management will continue to operate at Enway after the uh, acquisition so there's not a lot of shakeup going on over there. But on a side note, we will have to say goodbye and good luck to Daniel Maniago, who we've interviewed on the show in the past as the combat designer. He put in his resignation over the the break and it was like it seemed like no hard terms. He still jazzed about the game, uh just moving on to new opportunities. So we wish him the best of luck. We're still gonna have and weigh on at some point uh they still have stuff that they have planned that they want to do with us so we're excited i love battle for the grid i love legacy wars our alliance is pretty strong we're kicking butt in challenges so it's cool
2: i need to get back into it i've been slacking me too
1: (laughs) (laughs) me too It, it like goes in phases and i i still need to check out some of the newer characters like uh daishi on my xbox but Either way, it's still going on strong, and it'll keep going for the rest of this year at least. So, definitely support the game and check it out. That was a lot of news. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you go away for a few weeks. Um, Yep. We're going to review the back half of Beast Morphers. We're not going to break down every single episode, because it's a lot of episodes, (laughs) We reviewed them individually on past episodes, which you can check out. But the rest of the half that we're reviewing, uh, we've got episode 12, Real Steel, episode 13, Tuba Triumph, the Halloween special, Hypnotic Halloween, episode 14, Sound and Fury, episode 15, Seeing Red, episode 16, Gorilla Art, episode 17, Ranger Reveal, episode 18 rewriting history episode 19 target tower episode 20 evox upgraded and then the christmas special squazzle's revenge it's a lot <laughs> yep but i watched all of it i finally caught up
2: i did too <laughs> and
1: i'm loving beast morphers
2: it's really good this first
1: season was great.
0: It was. It really was. Like, everything about it is fantastic. The cast, the story, the setting, the vibe. Like, the whole vibe just is so much different than series past.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, you see hints of, the, of like, other seasons in the way they do things, especially, you know, Ben and Betty. We've talked about that ad nauseum. There's still that... You know, driving need to have them do something wacky every single episode, which doesn't detract from me as much as it used to early on, because at this point, I think I just expect it. And it's I don't want to say it's easy to ignore, but, you know, unless they're heavily involved in the plot, it's kind of like, whatever, and yeah. they don't annoy me as much as Victor and Monty, so...
2: It's because they, like, actually have a purpose, too. Yeah. Like, I know yeah. we've mentioned it in past review episodes, but Ben and Betty are... They have a purpose. Yeah. In, like, the grand scheme of things. They're not just there for, like, the yucks.
0: So. I also kind of feel like lately they've been toned down a bit.
2: hmm Like,
0: mm-hmm. compared to earlier episodes, it seemed like, okay, so let's say in episode three or four there were maybe two or three instances of Ben and Betty being wacky and goofy and making a mess. Whereas it seems like later episodes, there's only like one or two, like it's not nearly as much.
2: Mm -hmm. I I can see that. Yeah. What
1: I liked about beast morphers, just this whole season as a whole, especially this back half, there was that ongoing stakes that just kept happening. The evolving plots with the bad guys with those red gems uh, mm-hmm. That they had the Fury cells. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was an ongoing thing, and then them collecting the data on the Rangers, that was another ongoing plot, and bringing the Cybergate back a couple times during the season. It was all just a consistent build up, mm-hmm. and what was really cool was that, yeah, you know, we had the Zords with Nate and Steel. But the fact that it was the end of the season that we got the mega ultra combo is something pretty unique. Like it really made the stakes for this season seem higher because they were definitely Thren and it's like they had to pull out some crazy idea Mm
2: -hmm.
1: with the ultra Megazord. It
2: wasn't just like, oh, you unlocked the power of friendship. Here's a new Ultra Sword.
1: Like. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was more of like, oh my God, the stakes have been raised. We need to come up with something of our own, and I like that it's something that Nate was working on in the background. I think that's why tech seasons are a little bit more forgiving because. You can imagine, especially with Grid Battle Force, there's a whole team of scientists like Nate working on this stuff to continually improve their arsenal. And so when they bust out something like an Ultra Zord in the last episode, it feels more natural than something like Mega Yeah,
2: no, I completely agree.
1: Favorite moments? What, what were some of your guys' favorite moments or episodes? Or just, like, really cool things that that you really enjoyed?
0: I really enjoyed Devin and his father having their arc towards Mm -hmm. the end there.
1: Devin's dad kind of disappeared in the middle of the season for a little bit. But I'm glad that at least it was still a plot point, especially the last two episodes of the season.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. The whole scenario of he discovers that Devin's the Red Ranger and, and he realizes, oh, my son isn't being lazy or being a coward. He's actually being the hero and that kind of whole spin that it puts on. I just really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I also like that storyline.
1: It also really helps that both of them are really good actors for this. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I'm a sucker for like father-son relationships and misunderstandings. There's such a great story possibilities that they play out. Mm-hmm. And this felt way more natural than, Hey, my dad's been missing for 10 years and oops, he's <laughs> back suddenly. And I love him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there,
0: there are more people in the real world who deal with fathers being disappointed in them than exactly. there are people with fathers just disappeared for 10 years. <laughs> I also really liked that. We had Roxy come back first And that she actually retained her memories from when she was an avatar.
1: That is something that they could really explore in the second season. Is there post-traumatic stress syndrome with that? Is there, is she regretful for the things that her avatar did, even though it wasn't really her, she was still experiencing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. It gave them a tactical advantage too. like she knew all of their plans.
0: I think smart, not only on um, the part of the rangers in the story, but I think that was smart writing as well. Being mm-hmm. like, hey, oh yeah, she's she's fine now. Okay, well then let's just throw her in the background and never really see her again. No, let's, let's still use her. She has inside knowledge of what, you know, Scrozzle and Evox and Blaze have planned. She's a useful, vital asset. Like, let's see what we can gleam.
2: Mm-hmm. Everything you're saying is like all of... All of the highlights for me as well.
0: Yeah. I've always said that just because it's a kids show doesn't mean that the writing needs to be lazy. Like
2: mm -hmm. beyond that, just like a moment that stuck out for me that I thought was like really cool was it was during episode 15, Seeing Red. Mm. When Devin went after the bank robber as a ranger. (laughs) The cop was like, wait a second. That's my job. Like, <laughs> I I don't know. Just like something about seeing them kind of like work together. Explain the dynamic between like cops and Power Rangers. Like, do the Power Rangers <laughs> like take care of everything because they're superheroes? Yeah, yeah. Like, is there a need for anyone else? And I just kind of liked seeing that for once because I don't think it's ever been really
1: yeah
0: clear
2: until now.
1: Well, well, not as direct as yeah. as that episode showed us and. That's funny, too, especially because grid battle force is like a its own military. And yeah. it's like they're protecting they're supposed to protect the grid energy, not, you know, stopping a bank robber. So, yeah. yeah, that was a cool moment, too. But I like that just from Devin's point of view, too, like he's still loving being a superhero and. Just to catch a bank robber uh, as a superhero, that's that's kind of like so a superhero cool. bucket list. Yeah. yeah.
2: no, I love that scene. It was like kind of funny, too. So Yeah.
1: Because uh, he picked up the whole car. It was yeah. awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I also liked episode 16, Gorilla Art, because we yeah. watched it together.
1: Yeah.
0: During that, was that, that was my highlight. That was my favorite was...
2: part the episode, was just who I watched it with.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then that weird acid trip of an episode of SpongeBob that came on after, where What's... we all just were like, what in the actual hell are we watching?
1: <laughs> I don't think we need to to speak on that. SpongeBob is weird. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But yeah, no, I definitely agree with that point, AP. Like getting to watch episode 16 with you guys and oh, yeah. Ranger Stop, like that was a highlight for sure. I did think of another thing too I wanted to mention uh, episode 18 Rewriting History. That was oh. pretty solid plan it on the was. part of the bad guys. Yeah. It like, really was. Honestly, they almost could have gotten away with it. Like that was a really solid plan. Mm-hmm. And I like seeing competent villains.
2: I liked seeing them in the ranger suits.
0: Yes. I that thought was, that was
2: just cool too.
0: Yeah, that was that was really rad.
2: And even
1: though it was like a false memory or whatever, for us to actually see that moment of what could have been is very, very cool. I loved that episode. I think that is one of my top favorites for this season. And the reason it is steel makes that episode.
0: Yeah. I am
1: so pleasantly surprised about how awesome his character is (laughs) in this show. I thought I was like, Oh, I really don't know how they're going to pull this off. Like, is he just going to be for laughs constantly? And this episode, and yes, he is played for laughs a lot of the times. And he does have some really great funny lines, but for him to almost sacrifice himself. I mean, he did it. He did it selflessly which shows his human side. Like there was a determination and self-sacrifice there that is like, I need to turn this thing off, even though I'm getting continuously electrocuted when that whole thing exploded, he fell off and the whole thing's powering down. And then when Nate finally fixes him and you know, Nate's all emotional because that's his brother. It was just, that was really cool. I really love steel. He's awesome. Awesome. And he'll tell you that he's awesome,
0: <laughs> and that's what makes him great. There was just so much good in that episode, really. Like even
1: mm-hmm. Devin, who had his memories wiped, still stepped up to the plate as a ranger, yeah, mm-hmm. and that speaks to his character as well.
2: I just liked how the episode wasn't like some minor like hokey parts, but sure, sure. But overall, it wasn't as like hokey as it could have been. A lot of shows do the whole lost memories episode. And it's so like just corny. This was done really well.
1: All the continuity, like Zoe helping Nate, and then her memories wipe. She's like, What am I doing here? I'm just the laundry girl. And all of them kind of reasserting their positions. It's mm-hmm. just a really nice touch. And I think this episode works so well on the memory erasure. Because it's so specific, the memories that they're replacing, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect the whole city because no one knows who who the Rangers' identities are. I like that the stakes were high, but it was more so for the Rangers. Oh yeah. And then, of course, the two-parter, well, the last three episodes could be like its own three-parter. Yeah. But yeah, Target Tower and Evox Upgraded were just really, really well done it felt like a a great series finale if they wanted to they could have just ended it but i did appreciate that at the end of the episode it wasn't like well time to turn in your morphers like no they're still they're (laughs) still power rangers
0: yeah and i also like the subtle setup for Mm -hmm. for next season which i called i called that that was gonna happen as soon as as mayor (laughs) daniels ran out and the blast hit him i'm like something got to him. I know it. Watch you wait and see. And sure enough. And they showed his hand and a little spark. And I'm like, I knew it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was really cool. Uh, how they're uh, setting that up. And even like their group selfie, he's not in it because he was just off frame, like examining his hand. And it's, it's all the little details like that, where it really paid off for this season. Mm -hmm. And it's great because now that Blaze and Roxy are free, what story potential is going to happen there? Does Blaze still have a beef with Devon, or because he saw how evil Blaze was, is he going to say, look, I'm sorry I was wrong about you. You're a great Red Ranger. There's just so much potential for season two, and I really hope it's not squandered.
0: Listen, even if they were to just carry on with the same energy that they put into the first season, like season yeah. two is going to be just fine.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And plus, that's not to mention the cameos we're supposed to get for past seasons. That, that, oh, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, uh, man, Season two is going to be so cool. I can't wait.
1: That's what I'm most excited about. How are they going to tie in this ongoing story with bringing in Jason, potentially the RPM like Dr. K and Colonel Truman. It's just it's a lot of really cool episodic storytelling that can really add to the legacy of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. And listen, the 900th episode is like the 3rd episode of Beast Morphers season 2. 900 episodes of Power Rangers and we are reaching it with this new season. Uh you got to think that there's something up their sleeve for that 900th
0: yeah yeah there better be
1: i wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if 899 ends with the tease of like jason and then that 900th episode is like full on jason's back that we you know be what i mean
0: amazing mm-hmm.
1: and so early on in the season that could be really really cool
2: i just want to see what he's been up to <laughs>
1: Just riding around on Harleys. Yeah, I know, like, that's, that's exactly what I was
2: going to say. Just riding
0: around on <laughs> Harleys, he's been, uh, you know, he hit the juice bar a couple times.
1: <laughs> It'll be interesting, and that's what I'm excited for, but there was a lot of great moments just in this season. I enjoyed every episode. I think maybe a weak one could have been, maybe the Christmas special was the weakest for me.
2: Yeah.
0: I didn't even see it, so... <laughs>
1: Uh, no loss, really. Yeah, I
2: mean, I part of it, so it was fine. I always feel like
0: those those tacked on episodes after the finale are in a weird limbo, so it's like I don't know if I really want to watch it. I just want to I want to watch the finale. But
1: there was good continuity with this because the Christmas special definitely took place after all of that happened. So Scrozzle was still on the loose, their Zords were still being rebuilt in the Christmas special, so a lot of touches that we haven't got in the past for placement of where exactly this goes in the timeline. (laughs) But overall, I I really enjoyed it.
0: Me too. It's it's been a great season. You know, I think we're all a little hesitant to see, like, okay, what's Hasbro gonna bring to the table? And then the season turned out to be pretty decent so far, so I'm looking forward to seeing what comes next.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. Hold on one second, because I forgot to paste... (laughs)
0: <laughs> the question that the we question. asked. <laughs> I noticed <laughs> that just now. I was like, Ranger Nation answers. We asked.
1: Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a lot.
0: Yeah. Vargoyle's figure looks so good.
1: Oh, yeah. The Vargoyle figure? Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Uh, Sentai 5 just retweeted Ranger Select's tweet of the box art and the figure, and, ooh, that's a good figure.
1: I just got the newest figures. So I got their, like, uh,
0: the beast X Power, forms The
1: beast X form. Yeah, and I also got that lion morpher thing. It's cool. I. It's I, really cool.
0: What did I see a video did on the lion morpher. I forget, but yeah, yeah, I kind of want to get the lion morpher just because I like the inclusion of the background music and the all that. Oh,
1: and they included the ranger actor voices.
0: That is yeah. That is also pretty awesome.
1: They went back and added their voices.
0: That is really cool. That's a definite like. Yeah, I want so
1: it, it upgrades the keys in a way because when you put in the yellow Ranger key, that is definitely Jacqueline Soslowski talking as Zoe for redoing those lines. So, this is what I want in a Morpher upgrade <laughs> for a season. Yeah.
0: So,
2: is this this like King? Is it called the King Morpher or the yes. line? Yes. Do we know what that's used for yet, or is that just a toy exclusive thing?
1: No, it's going to be in the show, okay. supposedly. Uh, I
0: believe it's going to be how they do their armored super form. Okay.
1: Because um, it wasn't in, in uh, Go Busters. No, it wasn't okay.
0: in Go Busters. In Go Busters, their powered-up form came via a similar sunglasses on the wrist thing.
1: That flapped on to their other thing. But, yeah. So Yeah. And I it's think right, it makes it. sense. I think it makes sense just because if they're doing... So much original footage for this show, anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, we got essentially another battleizer this season with God, I forget what all these forms are called with with the red cheetah beast claws.
0: Fury mode, I think. Fury mode.
2: Yeah.
1: I loved Fury mode. That was oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And. It makes sense because they ran out of the fury cells that f- form went away. He still used the beast claws, but the form itself went away. And we kind of figured that would be the case because it looks like a prototype version of the Beast X mode. I got the figure, um, those new figures, and they're great. I think they're a little underpainted, but the sculpts are still pretty good. I love all these cool U.S. exclusive stuff. That's what I really enjoyed. Go Busters was all about the spy theme, and Beast Morphers really leaned into like the DNA actual animal part of that. yeah with the technology. And I think that's pretty cool. I like both series. It's
0: ironic because it reminds me of that one movie that GoBusters did where they treated it the more like Do-botsu an animal sent- sentai. Yeah, sentai go busters instead of yeah. sentai go busters. so like, it's kind of funny that they did that and in a way predicted what America was going to do with the footage. <laughs>
1: i'm just i'm loving it so i think we're pretty much all in agreement that this season was pretty solid
0: it's yeah Yeah. absolutely
1: uh so for ranger nation answers we asked what's your single favorite moment from this season of power rangers beast morphers and first i'm going to turn that to you ap and zach your Uh, single favorite moment
0: single favorite moment
1: I really think mine was the heart-to-heart with Mayor Daniels and Devin in the final episode.
0: That's a good one. That, in terms of, like, the acting and the storytelling, in terms of just sheer awesome, the the first time they combine all the, the Zords together because I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for gigantic yeah. mecha.
2: I've got, like, a tie. I know you said, like, one, but I've got a tie, so I'm combining it.
1: It's a tie. It's fine.
2: All right. So it's that moment when, like, That whole, like, Devin going after the bank robber as a ranger thing. (laughs) I just think that's so cool. Like, using your superhero powers to do some, like, street-level good, you know? I just like that. Yeah. It's a good scene. And then also, literally a single moment, but when Zoe did that whole, she was, like, shooting, but she was also, like, in the air. Like, does anybody else remember that moment when she was just doing, like, the jump shot, taking the shot? yeah. I
1: thought that was so cool. Just overall, the show is beautiful. The way it's filmed and choreographed. Yeah. Even watching it on like a big HD TV, it looks like a really nice show.
0: The aesthetic of the show is like total SPD, Lightspeed Rescue vibes. Yeah. I love those tech-based government style teams.
2: Those
1: are the best. Yeah. So on Twitter, we got It Takes Two to Toku at It Takes the Number Two to Toku. Uh, Nate becoming the gold Ranger with honorable mention going to the shadow puppetry at the dentist
0: office.
2: (laughs) Edward Sanchez at Edward is the man said, Mayor Daniels finally finds out that Devin is the red Ranger.
0: Ari at three Zekiel says uh, this quote, this exchange between Nate and steel. It's okay. I won't really panic unless I see something with eight legs and steel replies. Don't you worry, brother. There's no octopuses here. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: good. (laughs) Gabriel at Cosmic Ranger uh, 006 said, the birth of Avatar, Blaze, and Roxy.
2: Mason T. Merrill at Mason Merrill said, father-son moment between Devin and Mayor Daniels in the finale. That was probably one of the top scenes in the show ever. Watched that moment with my four-year-old son, who is a huge fan now. And we both felt the emotion. Bravo to Hasbro on a great season.
0: It really is such a good moment. It's really resonating with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Marissa Womack at Whoville at Thorn Iris Ribbon says, Nate becoming a Ranger hands down, showing that anyone has the chance to wield the power. And she tagged at Abraham Rodriguez or at Uh, underscore Abraham Rod.
1: Yeah. Betty's going green in 2020 at Green Ranger Don said the arrival of steel proving once again that non-human rangers can work.
2: Chocolate Orange Ranger videos at Orange Ranger Vid said the destruction of Roxy's avatar, the emotion of that moment, Ravi overheating so he was cold and heartless about it, and how it wasn't a flashy finisher. He just shot her until she exploded.
0: That was a really good Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. That's a good point, Sean.
1: I love it because he was so cold and not emotional about it. Yeah. And he just went, he just kept blasting until she was gone. Like I, and I can remember brutal. thinking
0: that it was brutal in the moment watching. Like, I was like, dang, Ravi's getting yeah. kind of serious, but this is kind of brutal. <laughs> Thomas's reactions at Thomas 96 Mehan says, Nate becoming gold.
1: Vonta Claus at Mr. Cooper 92 said Mayor Daniels saving Devin in the cyber dimension and telling his son that he is proud to be his father hashtag dad of the year
2: right at Sentai 5 and this is a quote from the show it's, I always admired the Red Ranger so in a way I was proud of you all along quote by Mayor Daniels
1: but did you really have to be that much of a dick towards your son <laughs> <laughs> anyways <laughs>
0: Crisis on Infinite New Year's 2020 at DigiRanger 1994 said, there are too many good moments of Beast Morphers to consider, and a lot of them have already been said. So, to be different, how Mayor Daniels learns who the Rangers are? In the middle of scolding, Commander Shaw and Zoe and Ravi just happened to run up unmorphed. It's great.
1: Yeah, that was a really good, like, in-the-moment happenstance, where it was just like, wait, the two of you? <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, because they were in full crisis mode. So it it really added to kind of the craziness of the action, the sequence of events that was happening. Mm -hmm. Joel at Thespis Punk 88 said, I love the shots used twice of Evox slithering out of the dimension gate. Just very cool and tension filled each time. I agree. It's super creepy.
2: Yeah. Jerusalem Garcia Jordan at Lulu bug cosplay said, Nate becoming the Gold Ranger, it was a major moment in the show, but what resulted from it in the real world, I think, left an even bigger impact on the fans.
0: Angelo Colby, Super Samurai 1, at Super Ranger, said, I always love when they show Rangers with no powers, but they'll fight. In this case, Devin had none of his memories, meaning no knowledge slash skills to fight, putting him at a very high risk, but he still did it. That's a great quality for Rangers to have. Plus, the amazing fight footage, as well as intercut with Steel, my favorite of the Rangers this season, taking initiative when everyone else's memories were scrambled to save the city, sacrificing himself even, solidifying him as a great ranger, knowing the city's safe in his hands. Hashtag Power Rangers, hashtag Beast Morphers.
1: Over on Facebook, Sailors Daniel said, every frame of Zoe.
0: <laughs> That's not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of creepy the way you read it.
1: Okay, every frame Uh, of Zoe.
0: That's worse.
1: Every frame of
0: Zoe. There you
2: go, that's my better. Tyler Bozetsky said, You have to make me choose, lol. I think my favorite Beast Morphers moments were anything with Blaze and Roxy. This show needed human villains for so long, and I'm glad we got them. While I do love villains like Lord Zed and Sledge... Um, no, you got it. <sighs> my tongue just like stopped though. <laughs> <I'm a friend. laughs> well, while I do love villains. Like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my fault. You've broken AP.
2: Well, I do love villains like Lord Zed and Sledge. There's just something special about villains when they're portrayed by non-costumed actors. Roxy was probably the MVP out of the two. Whenever she was on screen, she let out her inner astronomer.
0: There we go. I can I can get behind that. Liana Karamiras just was having so much fun this season.
1: Yeah. Oh, she chewed every scene that she was a part of. Did it you, was great.
0: Speaking of speaking of Liana, did you guys hear that um, the negotiations for Haley Steinfeld to be uh, Kate Bishop have fallen through, and she's Liana's There's on the chance. short list? Well, oh, for real? Yeah, like Marvel wants Liana. To possibly play Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series.
2: Woohoo! Wow. That's cool.
0: I saw a posting about it. That's amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: No, that's great. my turn, isn't it? Yeah. Juan Carlos Sanchez says, So far, I've only seen the episodes on Netflix, and I gotta say, no farts in the shows have made this season great. (laughs) You're not wrong.
2: Uh,
1: Carly Samuel said when the Rangers and B spots have a party for each other, that was a fun moment.
2: Manuel Cobian said, uh, commander (laughs) Shaw telling the, uh, the in episode 14 to kick rocks.
1: (laughs) Oh, you mean Megan?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The sneaky tech who was real underhanded and yeah, go commander Shaw for that moment. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, commander Shaw unleashed. And the fact that Power Rangers use the word blackmail in a kid show <laughs> was just yeah. kind of like I was like, wait a minute, is that a concept that kids know? <laughs> blackmailing.
0: I prefer extortion. The X doesn't sound cool. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's a Bender line from Futurama. All right. <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 All right. I've, I've broken myself now. Over on Instagram, underscore Smithsonian said, Vargoyle versus the Rangers in Gorilla art. When he finally revealed himself to steal was epic. Bad guys got to lose, though. So Devin versus Gargoyle. Or Vargoyle. Gargoyle. God, I'm doing it now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, the Devon versus Vargoyle fight, and I know 100% that was from GoBusters, but my God, was that a really great fight.
0: It really it was. was.
1: All right, and now, finally, to ramp up, we have uh, questions from Ranger Nation. I apologize to Excel Hedge for having this be so late because he asked this back in October.
0: Oof.
1: I'm sorry. I apologize.
0: Be fair. Here I mean, we, we were busy with Ranger stop prep and
1: yeah,
0: and the holidays, and then yeah,
1: and I just forgot. So there's that too. So uh, <laughs> I, I was, was trying, trying to that cover my fault. for you, Eric. Yeah, I'm gonna admit to it. So he asked, uh, with Haslab Unicron being fully funded, do you think a crowd funded effort would work for Power Rangers? What would you want it to be? an MMPR Megazord on the scale of Unicron with high detail and articulation for the five dinosaurs and Megazord modes, a command center in scale with a lightning collection, uh, Zed's throne room, and then he said, thanks, guys. Yes,
0: yes to all. Um...
1: Okay, I actually would not pay for a really huge Megazord. I'm done with the Megazord. I paid a lot of money for the Sola Jogokin. I've got the Megazord of my dreams. I don't need a huge, gigantic, big version, but that's just me.
0: I would because I, I don't actually have an MMPR Megazord of any kind. Uh, I don't. I never got the Legacy one. I never got the 2010 remake of one. I never got the solo of Chugokin. I never got the what's the word I'm looking for? The retrofire ones. No, no the not, retro-fire? not retrofire. The the Japanese snap together models with stickers. What are those? Oh, the mini plaw Yeah, I never got the mini pla. Chris, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I'm off there. Well, hey,
1: <laughs> I just got something from Chris that was shipped to me from four and a half years ago. I was just—I so.
0: was wondering. I was trying to do the math. When did I win <laughs> that Toku toy box Christmas? Because I'm trying to remember. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's got it somewhere, buried yeah. in a box that I'll see it in, you know, five years. Dun done. Um,
1: buried, bringing that back.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, But yeah, not, I think a giant Megazord would be really cool. I don't know where I would put it, but I think it would be really
1: cool. I actually would like a command center kind of diorama.
0: Yeah, that would be really neat, too. A nice. I just play. want,
1: like, Zordon in some kind of lightning collection capacity. Like, just the tube. I, I don't know. Make it a hologram. Have it have voice clips with David Fielding. Like, just something. Just to have, like, a Zordon in a tube. Maybe give in me like, that.
2: like an alpha. Throw an alpha in there too.
0: Legacy alpha and command center. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think it would be really cool if, because this is like HasLab level, not only have the original command center, but on the bottom have like the turbo command center with Ooh. the tubes in the back, Ooh. and then you could just put like the lightning Dude, collection oh, MLPR in the idea. tubes. And then so if you have the whole team and then if you got a diorama from Zio or something, you know, you can still have it be accurate to the show. But using the lightning collection figures as the mannequins in the tube.
2: Oh, that'd, that'd be pretty neat. That'd be awesome.
1: I would pay some cash for that. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And that is it. January is going to be busy for us. Uh, In the next week, we will have a Rangers commentary of some kind uh, to be determined. But then we still have to work out the details. I think we're going to do, we're going to try to do a live stream like we've done the past couple uh, anniversaries for our sixth anniversary, uh, which will also then be turned into a podcast. So we're going to work on the details of that. Uh, Stay tuned to our social media for any details for that. I don't know what we're going to do plan wise. I want to make it special, but uh, we always have a really great time doing a live stream uh, with our listeners. And I just like the interactivity of that. Just people asking us questions, us, you know, talking about whatever we want to talk about and Six years. That's a long time for a podcast of any kind to be consistently released. I'm very proud of where we are. I cannot believe it's been six years. Neither can I. The time is just crazy. Despite everything that happened in our fifth year, a hiatus because I had to move and uh, some other stuff, I I think our fifth year was overall, it was great. Uh, We still released like a lot of hours of content, interacting with the fans, going to Ranger Stop. I mean, the three of us together and just hanging out, it was great. And I think that has just set a new precedent going forward for Ranger Stop. I really liked year five and we'll talk about, we'll reminisce more Uh, On our 6th anniversary, I'm sure. Stay tuned, we're back for 2020. We're going into our 7th year as a podcast. A lot of great things going on, so just keep on listening. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at rangercommandpowerhour, all one Word and then also our Patreon at slash ranger command. PH, happy new year!
0: Happy new year! Woo! And happy 34th birthday to me in four days. Woo!
2: Happy yes. birthday! Oh, Zach. Happy birthday for real. This, time. I don't know,
0: yeah, yeah, for real. This, time. we've already been down this road once. Before.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. The, the real birthday. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> the real going to Galaxy's Edge for my birthday.
1: You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at Ranger Command Ph. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at ranger command power hour ranger command is also on patreon become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks by pledging you are helping us make our show even better go to patreon.com slash ranger command ph to learn more thanks for listening